Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. One of my favorite conversations I've ever had on There Are No Girls on the Internet is with a writer who was targeted and harassed online about how she continues to stay safe while doing visible work on the Internet. Without missing a beat, she said, anybody worried about online harassment should sign up for Delete Me. I signed up for Delete Me right then and there, and I personally recommend it to anyone. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and enter code nogirls at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash nogirls, code nogirls. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. I feel like girl boss mentality takes place in this void where systemic issues don't really exist or they do exist, but they can be surmounted by one person. <laughs> There Are No Girls on the Internet is a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is There Are No Girls on the Internet. No podcast about women and technology could be complete without talking about the era of the girl boss. In the aughts, around 2013-2014, women were leaning in, girl bossing, and hashtag hustling in traditionally male-dominated spaces like technology and entrepreneurship. So when I hear the word girl boss, I think of women like Sheryl Sandberg, formerly of Facebook, Sophia Amorosa, who basically wrote the book on girl boss. Her 2014 memoir and the Netflix show based on her life was literally called Girl Boss. And Elizabeth Holmes, who uh, may have girl bossed a little bit too close to the sun when her blood testing company Theranos was revealed to be a scam. And I will admit, I had a bit of a girl boss era where I thought feminism was connected to me individually kicking ass professionally and making a lot of money. Now, to be clear, there is absolutely nothing wrong with women having ambition in their careers or holding power. That is all great. But the girl boss era really sold us ambition as liberation. It sold us on the idea that you could lean in and overperform your way out of institutional systems like racism patriarchy, sexism, and capitalism. And more and more, I think we're seeing the flaws in that mindset. In her one-woman show, Girl Who Miss Boss, comedian and podcaster Jamie Loftus 
takes on the girl boss. Her Sheryl Sandberg-style girl boss archetype is named Shell Gasoline Sandwich. And she's a toxic corporate feminist who's teaching all fellow girl bosses how to use technology to steal data for fun, profit, and hashtag feminism. It's part skewering, part send up, and 100% hilarious. So I just finished watching Girl Whom Is Boss. It is hysterical. And I want to start with a question. Be honest. Before you did Girl Whom Is Boss, did you go through a girl boss phase? (laughs) Um, probably. I think it's like, I've... It's hard. It's it's. I kind of struggle with the term, especially because I've like messed with it so heavily. I mean, I don't know. I think you can describe a lot of um, trying to make space for yourself where it doesn't exist as girl boss behavior. And then if you're a little disingenuous about it, that really turns up the girl boss factor. I'm sure I've had girl boss moments over the years. Not like... Um, Ones that are, that almost kill people, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sure that there's, I, 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 I feel like, you know, we've all had our girl boss moments and then you reflect on them and you're just like, hopefully they weren't, you know, publicly documented or anything. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Have you? Oh my God. I, I mean, I wasn't starting any genocides in Myanmar or anything, but <laughs> I was definitely had a phase where I was kind of. I don't know, like, like I read Sofia Amoroso's book, Girl Boss, when it first came out. And right. I definitely had this idea that it was, it was, I had got, I had absorbed this message that it was important to be a specific kind of working woman, like a, you know, woman who sure. wore blazers and like, you know, like I, I had this idea that you had to be a certain kind of woman to be successful professionally and that how I was just normally was not that. And then I needed to like, I, I don't know if I would call it a girl boss era, but I was definitely like had absorbed a lot of maybe not so helpful messages about feminism. I guess I'll say that. Yes. Yeah. I feel like they're like early, I don't know, like when I was like exposed to f- like early, I guess, third wavy feminism, you're, it just felt like, this illusion of control. Like if I act a certain way and I do certain things, then um, I will be an equal, (laughs) which like ignores literally everything. Um, And it didn't work. And so then I think I kind of um, exited that area and like um, read a book or something. I don't know. (laughs) So if you had to define what a girl boss is to you, um, how would you define it? Um. I think that there's different levels of it. I feel like it's, uh, as time goes on, it's a blanket term that doesn't, you know, it can apply to a lot of different behaviors. For some people, uh, it's literally just a woman who has power, which I think <laughs> is kind of a slippery slope that, um, you know, uh, misogynists have co-opted it and refer to any behavior of any woman with any semblance of power or influence to be girl bossery. Um, I don't think that's the case. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm completely fine with women holding power. Like that's, that's great. Um, in, in some cases, but girl bossery is, uh, basically I think like taking on the language of feminism to lift up yourself or a harmful institution as an individual with like no collective interest in, um, in anyone, but yourself. And so I feel like good examples are your Elizabeth Holmes's, um, your Sheryl Sandberg's who are like lifted as this example of like feminist win, but then you look at what they're doing uh, and it's, um, you know, upholding patriarchy and appeasing uh, male billionaires. Or your, Sorry, that was a long definition. No, it's it's perfect. I was going to say, I was going to add to your list of uh, girl bosses or your Shell gasoline sandwiches. <laughs> yes, she's bad. She that that woman especially. Like I just I don't know how she is still just like out and about. It's absurd. So how did how did you come to be someone who was like really skewering this idea of the girl boss and what it's come to mean in our culture and in our landscape? Like how, why what, why was this something that you really wanted to poke fun at and and build commentary around? 
at the time, there wasn't like a ton of discussion around it. Um, And what like kind of originally piqued my interest in it was I was really, really into the Elizabeth Holmes story. And um, and I feel like I, I'm wondering if you've had this experience, too, where like there were there would always just be like these lists that would be released kind of on like clickbaitier websites that are like women who are changing the podcast or like changing <laughs> comedy. Yes. And like sometimes, you know, like uh, my podcast, The Bechdel Cast with Caitlin Durante, like the, it, we would appear on the same list of people that I'm like, now hold on. I, I cannot believe that we are doing the same thing. And I'm I'm upset that we're on the same list because this person is clearly just selling something, you know, like so it was it was, uh, you know, kind of a selfish frustration I was having um, and but realizing like, OK, we are using a lot of the same language, but it's to like attempt to um, to accomplish something really different. And so I don't know. And then when I looked into the term more and then into tech specifically. Um, I, I read a few different uh, books to like get that show kind of off the ground and give it um, a level of specificity that I wanted it to have. And and yeah, so I sort of just took it from there. Oh my gosh. The thing that you just said, I mean, I don't want to, this is, I'll just say I completely identify with those lists of, you know, like, oh, women in podcasting, you should know where not to put the kind of podcast that you and I make on a pedestal, but like, I'm not, I'm not really selling anything. I'm not selling courses. I'm not selling coaching. I'm not selling like a workshop. There's nothing that I'm trying to get you to buy. I'm trying to curate thoughtful conversations about culture and the way that gender shows up in culture. And I often, I'm a, right. I get a little bit like, I'm like, oh, well, like no shade to them, but we're just doing very different things. And I would not call myself like, I'm, I'm not offended when I wind up on those lists, but I'm like, oh, I, I, feel like we're doing very different things. Like the show that I'm making is different than someone who is making a show that is like, you know, buy my course that teaches you how to do whatever or like my coaching seminar that teaches you how to do whatever. I just feel like it, it is a, an example of how like narrowly women are viewed where it's like, you don't see lists like that for like men that are changing the podcasting game. They're like put into genres and categories, um, maybe because people are like listening to their work a little more care- carefully and taking it more seriously. Oof, I don't know. That's such a good point. And I think, you know, you, you mentioned Elizabeth Holmes. So I was obsessed with her story. I watched every episode of The Dropout. And one of the things that I think <laughs> that, that her story really shows us, and I think that your, that your show really does a good job of like skewering this, you know, one of the things that... Uh, that um, uh, gasoline sandwich talks about is like, oh, I will teach you basic feminism and how to use it to commit crimes against the poor. And I think there is so much truth to this where we have this tendency to, I don't know, like put women and the work that we make into these specific categories and boxes that are not always helpful and not always thoughtful. Jamie and I are both captivated by Elizabeth Holmes. And if you watch the Hulu show, The Dropout, you'll recall that when investigators were closing in on her and her Theranos scam, Elizabeth Holmes initiated a pretty brilliant PR push to throw off the heat. She said that she was only being attacked because she's a prominent woman in technology, which I'm sure was at least partially true. And that the whole thing was just one big sexist smear. She created a campaign called Hashtag Iron Sisters to celebrate strong women like her who are breaking the glass ceiling. And it kind of worked. If you search Twitter, there's still very earnest Hashtag Iron Sisters tweets up right now. And honestly, I get it. I think this was a time when it was easy to look at a woman succeeding and say, that's feminism. Whether what she was doing was a scam or actually hurting people. On the dropout, when Elizabeth Holmes is like feeling the heat, she makes that campaign Iron Sisters that really highlights like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, we're women who are who are in technology and trying to shatter the glass ceiling as if just being a woman in technology who has a job in tech is like in and of itself an act of feminism, in and of itself an act of like solidarity or something like that. And the way that that sure. is used to kind of like not really look too deeply at the work that is actually being created. I don't know. I feel like your show does a really good job of demonstrating the ways that we have 
allowed, I don't know, conversations around gender to really keep from really looking too hard about what's at, at what's actually being done. Thank you. Oh, that means a lot to me. Thanks. Yeah, I don't know. It's I yeah, with, with the with the show, it's like I don't know. I I was hoping that it would like resonate for people uh, and try to like make light of how frustrating and kind of like predatory that trend feels or especially felt a couple of years ago before it was like um now I feel like there's like a a, a pretty like what what's the word I'm looking for uh robust oh my god uh <laughs> robust public discussion around it um but it just felt nice to like connect with audiences about how frustrating it was in the same way where I'm like, I've been feeling bad for the last two minutes being like, I didn't mean that like podcasts, women's podcasts that are trying to sell you lifestyle choices, like are, you know, better or worse than, than what you or I do. But then it's, I don't know. I feel like there's this weird pressure to support every woman doing everything, even though it's like, well, you know, wouldn't true equality mean you could kind of call bullshit on some behavior. I don't know. It's so, it's so weird. I still like struggle with it. (laughs) Yeah, it is a struggle. And I I hear you. I don't want to make it seem like I like absolutely no shade to creators for whom that's their thing. But I do think like, I think we, because we live in a capitalistic hellscape nightmare society, there is an, uh, an inclination to any woman who is making money there's an inclination to be like, oh, well, that's feminism. That's a win for feminism. Even if they're making right. money in a way that is like predatory or harmful to others. And I think that we, I, I'm glad that we're moving away from this, but I think in like peak girl boss era, feminism was sort of sold to us as like, I'm allowed to do anything, even if it hurts people. And that's feminism. And when you criticize me, that's the opposite of feminism. And I'm, I guess I'm glad to see that we're sort of getting away from that because I think that was actually like, not great for women. A lot of things can be true where it's like, I, you know, Elizabeth Holmes and Sheryl Sandberg absolutely used their status as feminist symbols to like shield themselves against valid criticism. And also people were sexist towards them Mm -hmm. at different points in their career. And like both of those things are true and worthy of discussion. Um, And it's, you know, not fair that they experienced... Uh, discrimination, but also like using that and using like having experienced something like that as a shield for discussing what you've done to harm other people with far less power than you do is like, how is that helping anything or moving anything forward? Like it doesn't. Um, Ah, so Sheryl Sandberg is, you know, kind of like, well, you know, I, people were sexist to me early in my career and still sometimes now. So I don't need to talk about the genocide I <laughs> had a part. You're like, that's just, um, that's, that's not right, babe. Let's take a quick break. Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It is crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a backseat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or your community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways, but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. 
When you get out on a trail and get to walking, you'll feel so good. Trust me. You'll see that being out on the trail is so much more than a day outside. It's good for your soul. Get ideas for getting outside on the trail from Rails to Trails Conservancy, the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. Y'all know I love the internet, but a sad truth about it is that it can be a scary place, especially for women, people of color, and trans folks. We've talked to people on this podcast, whistleblowers, activists, and advocates who are making technology safer, who then become targets for doing that work. But the truth is, it can happen to any of us online. That's why I personally use and recommend Delete Me. Delete Me finds and removes any personal information you don't want online and makes sure it stays off. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeletemecom slash nogirls and enter code nogirls at checkout. That's joindeletemecom slash nogirls code nogirls. So in 2024, one of my goals is to finally get serious about my finances. It's been kind of a big emotional thing for me. Thinking about money historically has caused me a lot of anxiety and stress because I have a lot of trauma related to money. And if you can relate, if that sounds like you, check out Fearless Finance. Fearless Finance provides on-demand, comprehensive financial planning by the hour. It's a new way to get financial advice without all the headaches, high fees, and commitments that come with traditional financial advisors. Fearless Finance planners don't sell anything. No used car salesman vibe here. And that means no concerns about being sold something just for the commission that it earns a rep. Their planners meet you where you are on your financial journey. No judgment, whether you're looking to buy a house, optimize your savings, or just want to make sure your finances are okay. They can answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. No question is too small. No problem is too big. Fearless Finance is making financial advice more affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually, and they charge by the hour. Visit fearlessfinance.com today to get started. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use code GIRLS. And we're back. The thing that really turned me on the concept of the girl boss was watching powerful women who were complicit in questionable companies or behavior enjoy this kind of unearned goodwill simply for being women. Like for a long time, people wrote about Sheryl Sandberg, formerly of Facebook, in a way that suggested that she couldn't possibly have a hands-on role in some of the more evil things that Facebook was responsible for because of her gender. And that completely flies in the face of reality because Sandberg was personally responsible for some pretty messed up stuff at Facebook. She publicly defended and apologized for Facebook's role in facilitating a deadly genocide in Myanmar. But her bad behavior went beyond Facebook, including allegedly using her position at Meta to personally pressure a media outlet to kill a negative story about her then-boyfriend, Blizzard Activision CEO Bobby Kotick. Now, the story was about how a woman had taken a restraining order out on Kotick, who we know would go on to be accused of sexual harassment and misconduct by staffers. So Sheryl Sandberg, the same woman who wrote a book telling women to lean in to overcome the toxic, sexist workplace boys club and was branded the face of corporate feminism for it, was doing so while personally hurting women. I think Sheryl Sandberg is such an interesting example because something that I think is particular to her and some of the other, you know, people that you think of as girl bosses is that, you know, when when people would criticize Facebook and all the horrible things it was responsible for globally, you know, genocide, disrupting democracies, all of those things, I feel like Sheryl Sandberg was able to enjoy this unearned vibe where because she's a woman, certainly she must be the like mature adult in the room who is trying to rein in the likes of like Mark Zuckerberg's and the other tech bros. Like she's one of the good ones. She's yeah. trying her best. And I think that that and I see that also with like Ivanka Trump, that certainly she must be the voice of reason who is trying to like rein in all the men around who her who are causing harm. And I feel like they really used this unearned goodwill that came from being women 
working in situations surrounded by powerful men to excuse examination of a lot of their own behavior and things that they were frankly really complicit in. Like, I know for a fact that Sheryl Sandberg had a pretty big hand in a lot of like harmful stuff that Facebook did, harmful stuff that other tech companies did. Like when Sheryl Sandberg was was in a relationship with Bobby Kotick, the um, CEO yes. of uh, Activision Games, and actively helped create actively helped squash stories about his bad behavior, including like alleged sexual misconduct. Uh, And so it's like, that's, that is you being complicit in like behavior that hurts women. And so just kind of like letting that behavior go unchecked because you're a woman working in a male dominated environment. And of course you've experienced sexism, which is not okay. I think they've really been, they, they were really savvy in using a lot of those of what you were just talking about to avoid critical looks at their own active bad behavior. Absolutely. That's, uh, I, I don't hear that example brought up very much. You're totally right. I, I kind of forget about that where it's like, you know, at that point she's actively oppressing people and like women specifically about the, you know, and, and her whole, like her whole book, the whole idea was like, you know, lean in is just like, well, women aren't being paid like equally or treated well because they haven't asked, which is like, it's just so wild that that was a book that came out and was like widely accepted as the truth 10 years ago where she was just like, yeah, um, it just like literally has not occurred to your boss <laughs> to pay you equally. And you just need to like buy a blazer and, and march in there and say, guess what, Buster? I talked to someone and you need to give me the right amount of money. Like, and and that's not like completely useless advice, but I feel like girl boss mentality takes place in this void where systemic issues don't really exist or they do exist, but they are like, they can be surmounted by one person. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's like, a, it's it's a nice, I, I get why it's a nice kind of thing to buy into. And I think for like, it sounds like whatever, like Cheryl Sandberg is like a privileged cis white woman. So it it is going to be easier for her to surmount um, what's in front of her. But it just like is, I don't know, it's like this kind of like bummer fantasy that you're, it feels very like late 2000s where you're like, yeah, I guess that that, that makes sense that everyone was so pumped about that. But uh, you know, now we can't, uh, now Roe, Roe v. Wade doesn't even exist. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's funny. I, it's wild. Yeah, it is wild. And it's like, it's, it's so throwbacky in a kind of way, because I, I just did a podcast episode about, um, Lena Dunham. And I was like looking at like, what was the cultural and political and social oh attitude gosh. of like 2013, 2014. And it was a different time. Like, I, yeah. and I, it's funny, I go back and look at my Facebook page back then and like, I was definitely on some like Beyonce, Leslie Nope, <laughs> like I, like I really, yes. my understanding, like my, uh, my understanding of what being a feminist was, it has really evolved. And I look back then and I'm like, yeah, yes. I, I thought it was like Slay Queen, like, you know, like right. it wasn't very useful to me or anybody around me. Like it felt good. And I understand why. It did feel good. Yeah, it felt good. And I, I understand why I gravitated toward it. And like, I, I get it. The same way that like when someone is like, oh, just march in there and put on a blazer and tell your boss you want pay equality. Why that advice feels good even if it's like well some things are institutional some things are systemic like you can't lean in individually you know you can't lean in out of like something that's institutional but yeah I just think that we really culturally we're on a journey to figure out how feminism could be actually useful in our lives and like in what ways it maybe wouldn't be so useful yeah yeah totally I mean, gosh I I I feel like we we should there should be some sort of like um empathetic reckoning around like the feminism that existed 10 years ago cuz it's like embarrassing to look back on for me like I look at like I was like oh she was really trying she was really trying <laughs> to figure stuff out uh it was basically a miss across the board it was like <laughs> a lot of Leslie Nope uh a lot of like uh I don't know like just that era where it definitely like had its part in in moving us forward but you look back on it you're just like 
man, what was I, what was I getting at there? Um, and it's kind of a relief. I don't know to like look back ten years and be like, wow, things really have moved forward like considerably because it's like that. It's like stuff that you'd barely recognize now. I don't know. Like it's or something that is like kind of widely recognized as like this is fun and this like feels nice, but this isn't like productive. But it felt like we were really, you know, doing something at the time. Oh my God. Um it really did. Yeah. Like I guess I thought like if only I bought enough notorious RBG crap on Etsy that like we would oh really like we would really get somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And it's like all unethically produced and just like stuff we weren't thinking about at all. Like it's just, oh my God. Yes, the, the notorious RBG. Look, I I just last year had to finally, like I kept like hiding it throughout my house, but like the I'm with her, you're just like, Jamie, what are you doing? You're a socialist. Get it together. What? Um. So I am, I am, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we've, we've moved forward with that. I was literally hiding it. Like I was like, it was, I was like, just, just, I, I don't know. And then if that's the kind of thing, not me explaining what I did with my Hillary Clinton tank top, but I'm like, you can't really donate this. No one wants this, right? Yeah. I don't, but I donated it and maybe they lit it on fire. I don't know, <laughs> but um, just wild stuff. And even like in terms of like, uh, being able to speak on harassment and abuse like this time 10 years ago, because I was in uh, I was in college 10 years ago and there was like no public discussion around harassment. And like it just I don't know, things have really changed a lot. And it's like we actively live in hell. But I try to remember, like, we know how to talk to each other about living in hell now, which is kind of um, I don't know, maybe that's like very little comfort but it is it does feel like an improvement it does and I, I was just thinking about this when I was prepping to, to speak to you today like I do feel like most people have like unless you're like deep in an MLM I feel like most people have been like okay maybe the girl boss era was not super helpful and we've kind of like left I feel like we've kind of moved a lot of us have moved beyond girl boss hustle grind culture and I think I see mm-hmm. in a lot of the ways that like all these people that we think of as like OG girl bosses, Sheryl Sandberg, Elizabeth Holmes, Sophia Amoroso, they have all kind of, I don't want to say like had their downfalls, but they've, they've, they're no longer a prominent part of the public conversation anymore. And I wonder like, what do you think that means that so many yeah. of the OG girl bosses are now kind of fading from notoriety and Elizabeth Holmes like might be going to jail. So, you know, there's that. I Sometimes I forget she's not in jail, which is, um, God, the age of Coachella Liz is so fascinating. Uh, (laughs) I just, what can I say? Um, Okay. So, I mean, I don't know. I I honestly, like, I got so uh, burnt out on girl boss culture doing that show that I, I haven't really tracked very carefully like what the fallout of that is because I do like again doing that even doing that like dinky little show that I loved doing but it's like you know I was performing that show in a storage unit in Scotland for a month so you know you're like it's like you're seeing a hundred people a night but there and and but there were some people that would you know come up to me after that show who genuinely were like you know I really enjoyed it and but like their takeaway was like women in power are disingenuous. And you're like, well, that is, I think, the little bit of danger that's introduced by the girl boss um, criticism and sort of that wave that I feel like is also dying now. It's just like the gigantic amount of media. And now it's like the girl boss is kind of a stock character that people are getting sick of because like you're saying, they're kind of fading from um, the public eye. Um, But I think, like, I think it's it's good that, like, women who are, you know, t- taking on the language of feminists and the tools of uh, oppressors, like, that that is something that is, like, completely acceptable and normal to, to be able to call out. Um, and I think that that makes room for a lot more uh, 
I mean, I think that makes room and sets a standard for just like leaders in general of like, you can't just throw your, uh, like your womanhood in my face and say that this shield you from critique. And that's like not okay. And it's publicly kind of accepted that that's not okay. And then the other side uh, of that, I feel like is still like misogyny still alive and well. I'm wondering like, has the girl boss era and and all the very valid critique that's been made of women like this have other women come into power uh, in their stead? Have people been more like and has it been diverse at all? Like or is it just kind of another crop of white women uh, who are like learning like, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. But here's how I'm going to kind of innovate, uh, leveraging the tools of oppressors against other people. I don't know. I don't feel optimistic about it, I guess. Yeah, that's something that I really struggle with. It's like, I definitely see the vibe of like, people thinking that critiques of girl boss means that like you're critiquing any woman in power that, oh yeah, women who have power are disingenuous. They're awful. We should critique them. And that's not really what you're saying. And I, and I do, I want to be, cause I think it's so easy for critiques of women with power to just veer into being grounded in sexism and misogyny because like our, right. our society like women should not hold power. <laughs> exactly. Right. But like, I also think that like, you know, I think that, like, leaving behind this sort of disingenuous girl boss vibe, at least for my own, in my own life, like, I think of myself as an entrepreneur, even though, like, I'm pretty shitty at it. But I think it maybe can open <laughs> up room for... You're not. I mean, <laughs> you're I'm trying my not. best. But, like, <laughs> I, I used to think that I had to be a certain kind of woman to be a successful entrepreneur. And now I'm realizing yeah. that all of those, like, very narrow, um, like ways of thinking were not serving me. And what I really need to be thinking about is like making room for leadership that feels good. It is aligned with who I am and my own values and in in like figuring out ways that I can lead in ways that make me feel good, get the work done and uphold my values of how I want to treat people. And that like, like having those be like very narrow narrowly defined by gender is not useful to me. I don't, I don't really think it's useful to anybody. Totally. And it's like we have the, the challenge is finding out like how we lead with our values and not how we lead along like very narrow buzzwords like girl boss. Right. Oh, I love that. Yes, I totally, I totally agree. And I hope that that is like, I hope more, I hope, <laughs> I just want more people to be like you, Bridget. I, uh, oh. yeah, I mean, it's, like, yeah, like leading with your values and like, I mean, because I don't know, like I fuck up like not, no one is going to be perfect 100% of the time, which I feel like also was kind of a part of the girl boss ethos was like, there is no margin for error. Um, but like, yeah, just taking a look like an honest look at what you're doing and like, just gut checking yourself. I try to I try to do that as much as possible where you're just like, okay who is this for? (laughs) Like, does this have a purpose? And sometimes if the answer is just like, this is just a goofy, weird thing I want to do. I'm like, okay, well, that's not hurting anyone. I'm going to do it. Uh, But yeah, just like gut checking the potential impact of of stuff you do, which is like, I I, I feel like that's more becoming uh, a like go-to question for not just people making stuff, but people who consume stuff as well, which I think is good. I like it. More after a quick break. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It is crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a backseat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or your community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. 
visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways, but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. When you get out on a trail and get to walking, you'll feel so good. Trust me. You'll see that being out on the trail is so much more than a day outside. It's good for your soul. Get ideas for getting outside on the trail from Rails to Trails Conservancy, the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. So in 2024, one of my goals is to finally get serious about my finances. It's been kind of a big emotional thing for me. Thinking about money historically has caused me a lot of anxiety and stress because I have a lot of trauma related to money. And if you can relate, if that sounds like you, check out Fearless Finance. Fearless Finance provides on-demand, comprehensive financial planning by the hour. It's a new way to get financial advice without all the headaches, high fees, and commitments that come with traditional financial advisors. Fearless Finance planners don't sell anything. No used car salesman vibe here. And that means no concerns about being sold something just for the commission that it earns a rep. Their planners meet you where you are on your financial journey. No judgment, whether you're looking to buy a house, optimize your savings, or just want to make sure your finances are okay. They can answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. No question is too small. No problem is too big. Fearless Finance is making financial advice more affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually, and they charge by the hour. Visit fearlessfinance.com today to get started. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use code GIRLS. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let's get right back into it. Sheryl Sandberg left Facebook back in June, and she left with barely a blip when compared to the splashy fanfare that accompanied her hiring at Facebook, her books, and her successful branding as a capital W working woman. We saw the same thing with other girl boss types, like Sofia Amorosa and man repellers Leandra Medine, who all left their companies. So, is the era of the girl boss officially dead? And if so, what comes next? During those especially tough years, early on in the pandemic, I saw so many women turning to aesthetics like the that girl aesthetic that prizes self-care and wellness, or at least the idea of it. But will an aesthetic ever really be the thing that saves us? Will the revolution come in a matching workout set? Looking onto the horizon, now that we're sort of moving away from girl boss, what do you think, do you think there's an ethos that might replace it? And is there a way that that ethos might be, you know, not something that is just sort of buzzwordy and co-opty? Because now that we're all kind of like being like, okay, hustle, grind is not maybe, is not maybe the move. Um, I see all of these <laughs> things like, oh, like paying lots and lots of money for the idea of self-care or like, you know, the on TikTok, like the quote, that girl aesthetic or like the slow life aesthetic. I I guess yeah. I like that those are coming into style, I guess. But I still wonder if like it's just another kind of buzzwordy thing that will be co-opted and ultimately used to like further marginalize us or further harm us. Like I feel like, do, do you think there's a, a, a way that we can expect better from these ethos that like it, that they might actually serve us? Yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like as much as is possible, like it's just 
talking to people in real life and like having conversations outside of the internet, like which again, 10 years ago, I really felt like, you know, feminism and like all of these like systemic problems that I did not have really much understanding of at the time. Like this is going to be something that's going to be worked out on the internet. The internet is a useful tool for this stuff. I don't like, I don't, (laughs) I feel like a little differently right now where I feel like obviously there is like incredible community building that happens on the internet and I don't want to like take away from or be reductive of, of online communities. But I feel like, yeah, for me, I like sometimes when your algorithm is like feeding you certain stuff and you're you're like, I mean, I felt, I, I resisted the skincare, like you have to spend hundreds of dollars on skincare or you don't love yourself um, kind of vibe <laughs> for years. But then finally during lockdown, I, I caved and I like got a bunch of goopy, th- not actual goop, but like uh, bought a bunch of sauces and you know, it's like, now I love myself, which, you know, not true. Um, and I feel like, yeah, it's just talking with my actual friends in real life, I feel like usually clarifies a lot of stuff really quickly in a way that I find really comforting and uh, life affirming because it's so easy for, I mean, for me, I'm like also... Um, when it comes to things that are preying on my self-esteem, I'm extremely gullible. And uh, so stuff like that, like I am very, very uh, susceptible to fall for no matter how that's, I mean, which is kind of like, I don't know. I wonder what your kind of opinion is on this stuff. Cause it's like, it, I get so annoyed with myself because I'm like, wow, I like spend so much time trying to like understand how these things work. And I still, when it preys on my self-esteem specifically, I fall for it immediately. And I'm like, oh my God, yes, I'm horrible. Wait, I'm bad. I should, I should buy this product. Um, so I just need to, yeah, like gut checking with a, a real life community and just talking to each other outside of like algorithmically dictated conversations um, feels like what's been helpful for me. Oh, I feel the exact same way, especially during COVID, like lockdown. I I can't tell you, I would be ashamed if I, if I could tabulate it all up, I would be ashamed to tell you how much money I spent on like matching workout sets, yoga stuff, skincare, green juices. Like I just really was like, I understood that I was not happy. And I, I mean, who was happy during, you know, when COVID first started, like <laughs> who was happy during that time? But I understood that I sure. wasn't happy and I was trying to fill that void of unhappiness with more crap that had been targeted to me on Instagram. And for a while, it like really was like almost pathological. Like I would see a picture of a woman, you know, doing her daily routine and it looks so great. And it was like, I have to buy everything that she has and maybe that will make me happy. And it really was just like, yeah, I'm in a, I'm in lockdown. COVID is happening. I'm miserable like everybody else. And I need to, it, like nothing I can buy is going to fix that. Like I had to like, like actively work to turn off whatever was in my brain that would make me hit buy when I saw a targeted, you know, algorithmically generated Instagram ad for something that was promising me this promise of having a happy, fulfilled, wholesome life that I was so yearning for. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's like, and also it's like, looking back on that, you're like, how lucky were we that we got to like sit at home and obsess about stuff like that because like everyone's experience of lockdown was so wildly different and yeah I, I uh, it's I don't know I I it's a mind fuck <laughs> and I look back on like times like that and times like that literally the end of the world times like that the plague um and feel like it feels almost like a different person and that was like us two years ago um it's just yeah it's wild it is wild and i i'm i'm happy that we're able to have conversations about how we can get someplace more meaningful meaningfully productive i guess and not just rely on algorithms and buying crap and buzzwords that will ultimately 
get us, I think, further away from where we want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, I don't know. Like, yeah. And and I think like just trying to have empathy for each other and like talking, I don't know. Like I have found a lot of, um, I guess, like just like a lot of comfort and um it feels like, you know, a productive discussion, but also it's like not every discussion has to be productive. Sometimes we can just talk and like, that's great too. Um, but the like incredible pressure and stress there is right now to understand everything that's going on all the time. And I feel like it's like with, during the girl boss era, the pressure was very much like you need to, I'm kind of thinking of the like Gia Tolentino essay about like optimizing yourself as a woman and becoming like the optimal woman and everything you do is productive and and serving this higher purpose of like moving forward in the world. Um, and even as sort of that has become less of a popular mindset, even though it's definitely not gone um, because, you know, capitalism is still a thing. Um, I feel like there's kind of a flip side of that where, you know, the the world is like metaphorically and actually on fire and there's so many things going on and that there is like this pressure that is like reinforced by the internet to like know exactly what's going on, have a completely well-articulated opinion about it, like a plan of action, like all of this stuff for like 500, like just there, it's impossible. And I feel like, being able to talk to people about the the existential stress of that without, you know, going towards like nihilism and not being like, well, I'm not going to do anything. But just like talking about just being more comfortable. I don't know. I, I'm trying to be more comfortable saying like, I don't know. Um, or like, I I don't know much about that. Or do, do, am I making sense? I don't know. Like, Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Giving yourself space to be like, I'm still working on that. Or like, we'll see. Or I'm not sure. Like, not every kind of, like, we, I do think that we have, like, the internet has given us this pressure to be experts in everything and to have it all figured out. And we should really be pushing back by giving us, giving ourselves space and grace to be, you know, not experts and not have it all figured out and not have a good action plan. And that's okay, too. Right. Or, or just, like, yeah, with some stuff, it's like, oh, I don't, I mean, right now I'm thinking of the January 6th hearings because of when we're recording this. But, like, I'm like, I don't have a strong opinion on that because I haven't watched it yet. I, I will get around. I will do it. Uh, there's there's just been other existentially looming issues on my mind. Uh, haven't gotten to that one yet. And um, I don't, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't know, feel embarrassed or ashamed that I didn't, you know, watch the uh, five, like how many trials of the year have aired on television this year? Um, yeah, <laughs> I guess... I don't know if that makes any sense, but like, yeah, it just, and, and I feel like usually when you're, you say something like that, there's, you know, a couple people who will be like, oh, okay, cool. Me either. <laughs> not, I, cause it's impossible. It's like, I mean, for some people, I mean, I, I know that there's a select few that are just like extremely good at staying on top of stuff, but it's, it's impossible to, to be a person, um, that is, and, um, be completely on top of everything all the time. It doesn't, you know, like the attempt I think is important and we should know as much as we can. Um, but the whole idea of like curation and like, not only do I need to know everything, but I need to be able to to speak to it in the most, like, it's like, okay, give yourself a little bit of space. Give yourself a little bit of time. The world will still be ending tomorrow. I have a good friend of mine who has done a lot of work in like active war zones. And one of the things that she says mm -hmm. is to keep your peace, you have to limit the amount of news that you consume, that you actively consume and just trust mm -hmm. that you, if it's something big that you really need to have on your radar, it will find itself to you because that's, because it will. Like if there's something that you actually need to yeah. know, like knowing every minute detail of each January 6th commission hearing, all the major players, that won't bring you peace. And it actually might not even make you better informed. It will definitely make you anxious and it might right. even keep you up at night. And so just knowing that like the broad strokes, just trusting that 
the broad strokes of what you need to know will reach you, and it, it probably will. That's that's like a key to to keeping your peace when things are falling apart and on fire all around us every day, all the time. Totally. Yeah. Okay. That that is. You just like said it all in one sentence. What took me like an hour to like circle around to, but like yeah, like as long as you know, I I have like a few news sources that I I trust, and I'm like, okay, I do trust you know, the people working at X news source to tell me what I need to know in a way that isn't, I don't know, like so much of the way that news is presented to us now is performance. And it's sometimes feels, I feel like shame and like embarrassment for like not being able to engage with it in real time. Um, But then I just have to remind myself like the I don't know, like the the ramifications of what is being said and what is being shown and decided are incredibly real. The way they're presented is performance. And so like, how can I, I need to be able to engage with the results. I have to be able to engage with understanding who is this going to affect? Like what, is there anything within my power that I can be helpful with or like, you know, just sort of sorting that out when when any existentially <laughs> stressful issue comes up, which it feels like happens every other day. But the way it's presented is so, um, I don't know, it doesn't feel productive. And it, and it, like you're saying, like it keeps you up at night and it feels bad. And, um, and you don't need to engage with the, circus to understand what the result of the circus is you know I don't I like I'm not explaining it very well but I'm trying to like develop a healthier attitude towards that and not feeling ashamed for not wanting to watch a four-hour broadcast of um you know mp4s of the most horrific shit ever that yeah (laughs) can you tell us a bit more about Lolita Pod, Ghost Church, and Bechdelcast? Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So I um, have a couple different podcasts that I've worked on. Uh, my weekly podcast, um, which Bridget has been a guest on before, is called The Bechtel Cast. It's an uh, intersectional feminist look at uh, everyone's favorite movies. That's with my friend Caitlin Durante on iHeartRadio. Um, it's my favorite. I really love doing it. And then I've also done a couple of um, solo podcasts that are more investigative and they're all like limited series. Um, and those are um, the ones we were talking about were uh, Lolita podcast, which is a 10 episode examination of the book Lolita and kind of how um, it was wildly taken out of context by um, the whole world. And then my most recent one is about American spiritualism, which is like a movement uh, that started in the 1800s uh, that encouraged people to talk to the dead via seances. And it's called Ghost Church. I went to this like community of elderly um, psychics in Florida to do some research and like looked into the history of the movement. And uh, there's a lot there. I really enjoyed doing it. Got a story about an interesting thing in tech or just want to say hi? You can reach us at hello at tangodi.com. You can also find transcripts for today's episode at tangodi.com. There Are No Girls on the Internet was created by me, Bridget Todd. It's a production of iHeartRadio and Unboss Creative. Jonathan Strickland is our executive producer. Tari Harrison is our producer and sound engineer. Michael Amato is our contributing producer. I'm your host, Bridget Todd. If you want to help us grow, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP 
for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com slash RTP. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home.